0: Good day, all you beautiful people out there, and thank you for listening to our tasty podcast, where we discuss most anything a nerd will love. My name is Alex. I'm Scotty. And today we're discussing a favorite comic of mine, East of West. Specifically, volume number one. And uh, maybe grow an interest in something you haven't read before? Not much else to say there. Uh, and <laughs> dive right in. Thank you. So. I remember when I when I did start reading them. I did like how between each chapter they have like um, a quote. I got the first one for you. The things that divide us are stronger than the things that unite us. Yeah. After the intro. Right. Which, by the way. Yeah, is intense. I was at the Were book you confused th- at all? I was at the bookstore when I opened this up to the first page, and I saw a full art splash to open the story, and I was like, oh, they devoted some quality to this story. Right, right, right. (laughs) But just the way they introduce it with the dream is over, full splash, starlit sky with these four pillars, and then boom, you have an epic moment where you have the four horsemen of the apocalypse birthed, all but one. And they already talk about, like, oh, he's dead to us, he didn't show up, what the fuck, that stupid guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they get some, like, shaman shit, and they throw bones to read the fortune, and then they quickly go to, nonetheless, our missing, um, our missing horseman. It's a little bit... And quite literally, uh, I was a little confused on this, I think it was for a setting's sake, because they say it takes place in 1862. Which is weird, because they also, I love the coloring, like you said, that first splash. Pretty beautiful. I oh. actually loved how they segue from the birthing of the Horsemen of the Apocalypse mm-hmm. to all of a sudden, we're in the 1800s, and we've got Native Americans fighting with um, what looks like a Ulysses S. Grant type. Oh, I see it. Civil War team. Very Western. Yeah. And then, the, oh... When death walks into the saloon, yeah, and like like literally fifteen pages in, and this guy's like, Hi, partner, what do you have?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gives me like a classic. If you talk to a vendor in a video game, yeah, and they're like, "What can I do for you?" Exactly. But he's obviously got the like classic gruff mm-hmm. to it. Eye patch, yeah. And then, oh my God, when they get to the point of like being racist against his allies, he have they've got this stark white pale Indian who I believe is not named yet, and this completely opposite uh, negative-spaced woman, in completely black with scantily-dressed white... Oh, yeah, she's she's nipping out in that first panel yeah. you see. Yeah, It's Not graphic, though. No, 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 no. And nonetheless, they're uh, yelled at, and all this time are... A full, white-dressed cowboy is drinking at the bar, and suddenly... (laughs) Doesn't even turn around. No, not at all. He takes two shots before he even starts to lead on that something might not be uh, going according to plan here. Uh, Let's see, what was it? What was it? So there's a scene where he's like, Mr. Perhaps you didn't understand earlier, but this bar is full of Union Frontier boys from the Fringe. You looking for trouble, or are you just plain damaged? And and, uh, Death replies, you say that as if I have to choose. And then, the moment that his friends are um, threatened, he sets down his drink, and the entire background is just as if some horror is happening behind him, and he very calmly is sipping his drink. Now that is a fierce look of dread on your face. You see something scary, and he's just talking with the bartender like, oh, what's going on with yeah. you? have you ever seen mass murder before? And that was just quite the intro. And then we get a scene change after that. Right, right. But right with the bottom, introducing our main character, Death himself. Uh, Fear is real. Now look at me, son. See something worse. And it's not a question. It's a statement. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just super powerful. Well, in the close-up, I have to get Dragata's first name. Nick Dragata is our artist for this story. And that close-up of Death's face is... Really impressive, yeah. With like the art and shading. you can see you can see the cheekbone line, and the eyes are actually sunken in. Oh, and then sure. They're bloodshot. And then the colors by Martin, yeah. the blue, just like yeah, pop. Mm-hmm. Good contrast. Mm-hmm. Good contrast. Mm-hmm. Speaking sure. of contrast, after death is introduced, we're suddenly in the future. Um, no, actually, that is simply an. Uh, the inclusion of it's like a steampunk era where you have technology and Western mix. That's just present times. They're sure. super advanced. Sure. And so they have a lot of technological airships and communication devices and super advanced weaponry and transportation systems. Yeah, then you do get a scene change of this strange overlooking crew. I'm trying to see if I recognize any of them. Well, the center guy is the bartender. Is it? Yeah. Eye patch and all. Oh, shit, it is. And then on the right's the Native American uh, bodyguard. That's, I think, a different guy, though. Oh. Because he's not full white clad. That's true. And the guy on the left ends up looking like the U- Ulysses character. Yeah. Oh! And then we go, so we get that little flash of the team, but then we go back to the bar with a massacre of dead bodies yeah. thanks to the two, uh, what appear to be Native American, but I think that's just to keep on theme with yeah, the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Just standing there. They didn't look like they broke a sweat. They're not even covered in blood at all. <laughs> That's true. No blood. Their bodies are pure. And then our bartender realizes who he's talking to, and his eye, who is sentient, pops out behind from behind his eye patch to scream, You're! You're! But Death doesn't let him say it. Right, right. He puts a gun in his mouth. It's funny. Now, don't say my name unless you really mean to call for me. Ooh. <laughs> was, Ooh! It's so metal. It's Western. Yeah, there's metal. so many good lines. There's some great one from the characters in the book, and you'll end up getting this far in, like, I think it's volume three or four. They really get to go in depth on the two bodyguards here mm. and why they're following him, why they're close allies with him, etc Well, and their their numbers. color coordination is identical. Yes. So I wonder, you know. How that came to be. Mm. As a reader, I've only read through volume one. Alex has read through volume four. Five. Fine? What did I give you? Two, three, four. Did I not Maybe give you five? Maybe five. If you owned it, then i have it. Okay, I can't remember. It's on lease. Yeah, because at one point when we first went to half price books, and uh, they had like one through nine. And I was like, I'm going to buy the first one, you know, just to get started. And I. I wish I would have bought all an Yeah, and then you go back, and they're all gone. Yeah. Somebody else is like, hey, oh, wow, two through nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A uh, great bit of humor from Hickman here in the writing. Um, after all of this massacre in the bar, uh, Death says he's going to rem- let him live and says never to forget. He says, oh, thank God. And then uh, the last person to leave the saloon is this female Native American type, and she says, I would have taken your eye. yeah a little dark humor with that yeah and then you actually get a quick um intro to his trusty steed. i thought it was the weirdest looking thing oh yeah it's like a yeah metallic ant yeah with that actually reminds me it might be in this volume there there's a moment with it it's like my favorite moment it's still on four legs quadruped Yep. yep But it looks like its mouth is, is a, a is a plasma one. cannon. Yeah, I is not this volume, but okay. there is a volume with a full splash that sh- shows that. Very okay. So if we had to break down genre, yeah, steampunk, western, sci-fi, <laughs> apocalyptic. I <don't> know <laughs> if I would do steampunk, because it's not as well. I guess how would you define steampunk? Um, good question. A lot of metal. Um, well, I guess um, amazing, uh, rudimentary technology. It's not advanced so much as it's just m- mechanical. It's, as far I remember, someone, somebody once explained it to me as where everything steampunk is useful. Mm. Whereas if you have a monocle that's attached to your hat, so you can see better. If there's a radar system built into your hat, you pull it down for when enemies are near. Mm-hmm. Like everything has a use to it. Mm-hmm. Where this is like highly advanced, so it's almost like a sci-fi western. But, just in, a, but in the time of the Civil War. A post-apocalyptic sci-fi western. Yeah. yeah about the four horsemen of the apocalypse bringing forth the message, which is a recurring theme. Do you, were, do you remember hearing about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think... They probably mentioned it in this one, but... Well, so chapter one is literally the introduction of death and the rising of the other three horsemen, but then chapter two says 2064, the apocalypse year one. Oh, sure. Wow, I did forget that. So, it, wow, that means Ulysses is pretty fucking old. So we're time jumping, or the beginning wasn't actually in the 1800s? Well, it, I wonder if was our ancestors. But he has the same, like, mustache and everything. If you look at him there on the, literally like the fifth page. He's got the Bible. He's got the... Yeah, Elijah. Elijah? Long oh, Street. let's see. Elijah. I don't think that's his name. Let's issue two. Let's see. That's Ezra, the messenger. Like king, I, I don't know. Does he show up in this one? Because they talk about Death going to see his um, lovey-dovey in this issue. Or this volume. We do. Might not be the next one. Well, it says, a war that was not war, lasting 20 more years until the fire in the sky, which references a comet which struck some other land. Mm. And so I think they're combining the history in this first issue with present day. That would make sense. And then they have this beautiful introduction to our protagonist. Yeah, and present day ends up actually being something along the lines of 2064. Yeah. Okay, okay. Which is funny because then we get 2064, the apocalypse year one, and it's a pile of dead bodies yep. with one of the childlike horsemen three of them, dragging a body oh, up the pile to the other two who are just chilling on a pile of dead bodies. Yeah. And they're, they all look maybe 12. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's really interesting because if that was... I was curious about the rebirthing process because it's like they always... They still have their memories in hmm Excuse me, and everything they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Not reincarnation, where you don't know about your past life. Yeah, so like my question is like when when did they die? How did they die? But yeah, I love the coloring I think throughout, and eventually you get to strong reds. Yeah, a lot of red, and then blue is used mostly in backgrounds and in death eyes itself. Sure, what I think is cool too. There's a lot of political parallels where, after you have this little uh, introduction to the dynamic between the three horsemen that are now childlike, they're on their potted bodies, they kind of bicker a little bit about their next objective. Then you get to the White Tower, mm. which is almost exactly synonymous with the White House. Oh, sure. And this is where Madam President lives sure. within the city, uh, whatever they call her colonies. Oh yeah, look at that. The very next page is an Oval Office with the flag hanging out, yeah. thirteen stars on a colonial flag. Yep. And, a and death. <laughs> Hello, oh. Mr. President. Oh, interesting. I forgot this. Wow, I know too much then, because this is the president now. Whoa! 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 Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's <all> right. sorry. <laughs> but you know what, though? If you look back on... Uh, there's a little flashback from when we to saw... the panel we've seen yeah. in this issue. So they already call back to... Uh, and it shows him. Death right. knew him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, Actually, you know what? That, that makes me think that those are the five leaders of the five nations. Did you know where yeah, that? There's the House of Mao. There's the Endless Nation. There's the Republic of the Americas. And... Is that in this volume? No. Oh. Sorry. No, I wasn't aware of that. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sure it's probably There's coming one, up. I think one of the volumes has like a splash map in the front page that shows the map of the United States and how it's broken up between the five nations. Mm-hmm. And like, I was really impressed more and more about this, how in-depth everything was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, everything's, um, everything's fleshed out. Yeah, Jonathan Hickman's uh, a great writer. I want to make sure that I get American comic book writer. Jonathan Hickman, American comic book writer, is known for, mostly, writing things for Marvel. He's written things such as X-Men, Okay, House of X, Fantastic oh, really. Four. He wrote The Secret Wars in 2015. Uh, a lot of Avengers work. A lot of Avengers work. Um, more Fantastic Four. Huge writer for Marvel Comics, and here we are with an Image comic, which is a mm-hmm. sub Cidiary. Yeah, and just checking, this is actually 2013. Perfect. When this uh, volume was published. So we're we're possibly looking at the start of Hickman? Um, I don't think so. He said 2015, so it's was, a little before then, as a matter of what the other ones were. He worked on Avengers in 2013. Uh, Red Mask for Mars, which I haven't read, uh, but I've heard a bit about. Similarly, never sci-fi. 2010. That sounds so, so this is still no more than three this years is still, later. This is still some early Hickman work, which yeah. doesn't reflect in the quality of the writing. Not at all. It seems like this is somebody who's been writing comics for years and really knows what they're doing. And why, What is this scene, gave us with death after meeting with Mr. President in his Oval Office. 13-star flag. There are no doors I can't walk through anytime I may please. No place I can't reach. No man I can't meet. <laughs> and who are you again? Oh, wow. If I were to take off death. If only he knew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And then you just run, it'll come to you. Don't worry, son. What's interesting is how like, in-depth with social dynamics and life and death and influencing the people in the world around you and whatever social causes, they bring so much of that into here. Mm. There's five different nations. They each have their leader. They each have their intricate background of corruption and progression. And they're all tied in with this idea of the message, which is what's supposed to be followed as a fate between the four horsemen, and once again we get an entirely massacred group of human beings thanks to the loyal bodyguards of death. Yep. Uh, the president is like, "Oh, I have agents outside," and that's like, Haha. "No, you don't." Right. Uh, and we get just one rectangular wide shot of the hallway in this oval office in the White Tower with every single bodyguard strewn about. Mm. Uh, all in one piece, though none of them are dismembered, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but lots of blood. Lots of blood. Lots and lots and lots and lots, lots of blood. Of blood. Yeah. And then, what's interesting actually, <laughs> just to interrupt is like the coloring of that scene because mm. the old Office itself. Yeah. It's such peaceful colors. Yeah. It's toned It's a good down, balance. It's muted yeah. blues and whites and reds. With the flag being the, the prominent thing because America. Of course. Of course. And as you get to the scene, suddenly there's just a flare of red yep. filling it, so it really shows, like, the aggression, almost. Can we talk about the layout genius of sure. this blam? Automatopoeia is one of the biggest things in comics. It's used all the time. We think of wham, pow, bang. Yeah, yeah, Here yeah, we yeah. have a blam from a gunshot, and it quite literally, the wor- the letters are the panel of the image of the president getting shot in the knee. Right. With the word blam. That's I love, I love that. I love little stuff like that. That's great. Great mm-hmm. layout. And death replies, uh, you took something from me. I don't know what you're... Oh, yeah, i sorry. It's the president. Uh! And then death is like, you took something from me. I don't know what you're... You took something from me in the badlands. You... We killed you! Oof. Oh, and and then, then we get a negative... Like that a, photo, was, a photo negative. Well, that's interesting because that's actually a callback to the panel where <gasps> he met with oh, the president no. in the bad Whoa. So now we see a little oh, bit of this flashing wow. back you know and what? forth. That just on. connected with me, I think, a moment. Do they show us in this volume? I have to make sure now. Oh, man. That just even shows more genius. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The writing. So it is this volume. Um, they, pro- they took his son. Mm-hmm. spoilers and that was at that time in the Badlands. so that was just a pure negative rage yeah of death yeah you know and, and the presence like, it shows whoa, how whoa, serious we too, because, you. because yeah. the only white in that negative panel are the eyes which are grimacing yeah and the teeth which are grinding themselves to near nothing in just right and they give like anger. this aura of red strewn to blue hues that show just you know how much of his aura is focused on venge. Yeah. Venge- vengeance. Finish that word. Vengeance? Mm. Vengeance. Well, oh, I said venge. I don't know if venge is a word. I'm not sure. No. Vengeance. What you did worse. I like that. This is a little weird to me. This is where the art really changes. We did get- with that one panel. His face looks like we haven't seen before here. Mm-hmm. Um down the barrel of the gun which is really cool. Yeah. And then pizza. Is Alex that- So I'll take over for the last two pages of this issue because we are almost through issue two of East of West, volume one, uh, commenting on the art style changing for the last three panels, only three panels left in the issue when we get a look down the barrel of Death's gun from the perspective of the president who's done something to death and death does not like it. And we get a blam, 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 five out of six shots on a revolver. Saving one bullet for future use, maybe. And a final page, we get, you wanted the end times? Well, here they are. As death walks across all the dead bodies in the hallway of the White Tower. And then, of course, when we change from one issue to the next in this series... I don't know if this is in the individual issue format of the story, but here in the volume, the printed volume version of the story, they have breaks between each issue. And in those breaks, there's a quote, 12 hours ago, the president was murdered and the world now awaits word of the new one. All eyes are on the white tower. So the quote has direct correlation to what has happened previously in the last two pages of the story. And we open up to a full splash of the White Tower. Somebody fighting to be president with, looks like those three horsemen from before, still in adolescent stage. Maybe, appearance-wise, 13 or 14 now, instead of 10 to 12. Uh, But they've got somebody Hold up. Pizza time. story are each legible and glorious. Battle scenes are clear and facial expressions powerful. The Color choices for East West were made quite deliberately. It carries a sci-fi vibe with respecting the traditional grays, browns, and burnt orange of a Western. Symbolism galore exists within these pages. The lettering is used as a background. Where else can a story be told with images where part of the image is a backdrop of the text? Art 4.75 out of 5. The dialogue and narration in East of West can feel a tad campy at times. If one suspends disbelief and looks at this as an opera of sorts, then the di- dialogue oh. becomes poetry. For sure. The plot in East of West is slightly muddy. There seems to be a side quest at the forefront of Volume 1, but something bigger is certainly in the works. The setup is solid and offers a good bit of character development for the main character in this story. Some heavy hitters are introduced right away, but their influence on coming events is not quite clear. This is done intentionally by Hickman. The characters in East West are still shallow, save a couple of main characters. Most of the supporting cast is ominously ambiguous, but the development shown for the main characters is thick as molasses. By the end of this volume, there will be a character to prefer. Finally, the pace. Read this book in one sitting. You will not regret it. There's strong violence and language in this story, 16+. 4.5 out of 5 in writing. Wow, 0. 0.7 out of 1. 9.95 out of 11. That's pretty solid. I definitely read it in one sitting. Same. Mm-hmm. From what I recall about specifically Volume 1, they introduce this glooming Death character who has definitely gone against his brothers and sisters. You have the three horsemen wake up by themselves, and they're like, alright, Death is dead to us, and then you go to Death on a mission. Death is dead to us. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. What a sentence. And, um, not too soon after, you have the bar scene, you have the introduction of the side quests, and a few of the Main political figures and how they've wronged Death by stealing his son, mm-hmm. and that's his mission for uh, this whole mission. And near the end, you get a little bit of insight of where he would head to next. But I would, I would say, talk about that. Because That would be heaven's brothers. Well. Mm-hmm. I like the fact they use burnt orange. You know, as simple as it is, like when I think of a western, there's so many dark browns and blacks and leathers. And yeah. I, you're trying, I'm blanking on colors for those things, but burnt orange is a good color. It really earth tones almost empath- emphasizes like a sunset or a sunrise. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. You had mentioned the dialogue is surprisingly like, like humorous at times. Even though it's a very serious not even serious. You know what? Yeah, opera. That was a perfect word. Because it makes fun of itself at times, but it's got a really serious tone to it. How about loss and redemption and you know vengeance in some sense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of characters that show up way later who have had that exact motive is like you wronged me, now I'm gonna fuck. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's kinda what death is all about. I'm glad to hear that you said the supporting cast gets more depth as we go on in the story. Because mm-hmm. in this one specifically, we get the most development obviously out of the main what seems like our main character, Death himself. Yeah. But everyone else is kind of introduced, mm-hmm. shown to be a certain power level. Yep. And that's about what you get. Yep. Sure. But to know that they have origins and that we'll hear about those origins, yeah, for sure. Makes I can't even say anything, but I'm excited to like for <laughs> anyone who would read this story to get into that dynamic between their their relationships of how they grew up together in a sense and had a history, etc. Like, I guess I don't know how much of a spoiler it is to say they they know each other. Some intertwining, yeah, plot lines. There, there's no like small reason they're following each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a lot of like uh, really corrupted dark um, what's the word? Imagery and hmm, I don't know how to talk about it. They have almost a HP Lovecraft type of horror at some times mm-hmm. that I really liked. Well, even with the birthing of the horseman at the beginning of the story. Sure, sure. It looks it's like it looks like a ritual. Yeah, it is a ritual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. Who summoned them? Do they just you're summon themselves? This, you're in this man, random... Of, like, could you imagine going to the Badlands? You go far out enough or in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you come upon four, like, 40-foot-tall pillars and a small disc centered between them. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm going home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, out of
0: nowhere, not nowhere, the sky, uh, beams of blue light spiral down to this circle between these pillars, and then bodies start to rise and break out of this mold. I'm running as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. That idea right there is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I have played, like, Darksiders, right? So, like... Mm-hmm. The Four Horsemen, I love the idea of that as a story in general. I mm-hmm. wish I knew more other than just their names. Mm-hmm. You probably have a lot of lore that I'm not aware of. That'd be cool to be about. Well, and if they're timeless, ageless, possibly reincarnated whenever, mm-hmm. with their memories. That's true. That's you, could, you could put them into any circumstance. Yeah. They could be in a Victorian era story where there is no there's like gas lamps that's true but the four horsemen exist they're there Mm. you could go to bc greece Mm -hmm. they're there Mm. that's a good point it'll be interesting to see um not having read beyond volume one What the history of these characters looks like yeah definitely worth it i don't i haven't looked up how many volumes there are That's something I, I should look okay. it up right now i should have a number for that issues volumes or issues well you could do both how many issues are in how many volumes for the whole story mm. which one are you looking up Volumes, but it gave me the issues oh Number of issues is 45, and I believe it's been about five issues, yep, nine books. Common practice. Yeah. Five issues per book. Seems like good, because then you have like five solid chapters or something. Oh, it was concluded in 2019. Whoa. So there's an end to this story. So we've got a a six-year, 45-issue story here. Yes. Yes, we do. What is that per month? Forty-five six, issues six in six is years. Seventy-two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forty-five in issues in 72 months. One issue every two months? Almost bimonthly. Mm-hmm. Little little faster than bimonthly. It's pretty good. Tri-weekly. March 2013 <laughs> to December 2019, according to the beautiful... Mm-hmm. Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, one of the things that Image Comics is famous for, firsts, either first issue or first volume, always at the minimum cost. They want their readers in, 10 bucks for five issues, right here. Two bucks an issue in a volume. Mm. It's so great. Yeah. That's brand new. Buy that brand new for 10 bucks. The more that I do read comics, the more that I realize i am drawn to Image Comics. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, do you remember Divinity? I might be a good one to talk about. Mm. It's a really interesting story about basically being a god and what it's like to be ever knowledgeable. Mm. But it's like a superhuman body that had traversed across the void of the edge of the universe and thus obtained unobtainable knowledge or something and became infinitely powerful. Mm. And he is called Divinity. I probably am butchering that. Oh, you picked up the issues. You picked up the floppies at HPB. I did. I bought the rest of the floppies. I remember uh, when you bought them, and then you read a couple, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, I wish it was better than it was. Mm -hmm. Like, there was definitely moments I was disappointed, because in the end of the comic, they would talk about the science of panel placement. Like, as you can see, this draws you in, and then, bam, the next page is a surprise, I'm like... Okay, but I didn't feel that way when I was reading it. You know what I mean? So it's like they're trying to almost break down comics into a science, mm-hmm. which it's not necessarily a science as it is an outlet of creativity. You know, it's a matter of connecting to the reader with emotions and imagery. And at that point, it's not science. Here's here's the facts. It's hey, man, check out this moment in this world that we've created. Mm-hmm. This is how it leads up to. This interesting tidbit of information. Mm. Um that was a couple things that drew me out of it. I actually haven't finished it yet. Mm. Nonetheless, I think that's another image comic. It sounds like they were trying to add bonus content of this is how it's made, but it came across as look at how good this is and why it's really good. Exactly. Exactly. It's a good way of putting it. But in the same vein, I mean, you got, you know, the biggest hitters, Stanley and Jack Kirby, they mm-hmm. talked about the formula, mm-hmm. the Marvel formula. Mm-hmm. They had it to a quote, science, and they popularized the comics by the millions. Yeah. So I think there's a. I, I don't want to disagree wholeheartedly because I think you're right that it's more than science, but I think there's a marriage of science and art here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a. There is a format that should be somewhat followed, and when it's broken, it's huge. It's like, whoa. It has to be broken in the right way. Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. We're, yeah. It's a weird one to, because most comics you pick up, they're going to look similar. Oh, yeah. So there is some bit of f- formula to it. For sure. Mm-hmm. But what makes a comic great is the emotional impact and the strength of the art yeah, yeah. and the story. Which can't be formulated. Mm-hmm. That just has to happen in moments of genius. Yeah. Like when we were talking about Soul Wind, like the art lost me sometimes. Yeah. It's all black and white, and sometimes the black overshadows the white to an extent where you're confused by the image. You're like, not, I mean, yeah, what am I looking at you a know, leg. Not like consuming the image and, you know emotionally. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ah. space man space would you want to i guess not explicitly we don't have to explicitly give them our grading thing but like mm-hmm. just thinking about how much we've talked now we could do like three or four points per bullet point mm mm-hmm. a panel For, or a page or a splash that made you think about the layout the dialogue style color the plot characterization. Mm-hmm. That would really help structure our future comic talks. hmm mm-hmm. <clears throat> what you have written down on picture. I know. But if it's written down and I always use this notebook, then I'll have it. Mm-hmm. I tend to be old school. I like to avoid my phone if I can. I hear you. Well, as far as layout's concerned, I think I touched a little bit on layout already with the use of onomatopoeia as a panel border. Come on. Yeah. Well, they have so many good transitions Yeah. from one page to another. Even within an issue, they'll have that halfway point where they give you like a quote. Like yeah. later in the example, you can like, mm, you cannot trust your eyes as you look at the world. What good are they? I can give you something better. Little quotes like that are like, ooh, mysterious. Ooh, what is that related to? etc, etcetera. Et cetera. Right, like, they don't put it in there for no reason. Right. It usually ends up being related to the following story, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And they have really good splashes of like the four horsemen fighting as a duo later. Not four. It would be the three, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's misleading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as the style, it's consistent. Yes. Uh, it's pretty unique. But mm-hmm. uh, at earlier i mentioned it's kind of fish-eyed at some spots where you're like kind of looking at a weird bubbly coming out you coming out at you style. sure sure this... it's like they're on a wide angle lens yeah exactly and exactly. It, yeah and i think what that does is it really like emphasizes all of the, of the emotion of that face it really usually... when you look at this two like in the first issue when death is going to shoot the president in the face. Yeah. If you look at that two pages open side by side, I think there are three things that stand out to me. It's the fish-eyed look of the president's face with the mm. grimace. Mm. It's the down the barrel of the gun death where we haven't seen him like that before and it's an actual headshot without his hat on. Oh sure. Yeah. And then it's the fact that the blam of the gunshot Goes beyond the page's border. Sure, it's so loud that it breaks out of the panel itself. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that's solid in style and layout. Work. And with the scene where you're looking down the barrel, if you find hell lonely, wait, company is coming soon. <laughs> that is like dirty, yeah. dirty Harry. Is that what it is? Ah, um, Clint Eastwood's oh, classic sure. western. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would really go into the dialogue, you know, where he's a dark brooding man with a a goal, you know, and set on vengeance. Walks away calmly, tipped his hat. Lots, like you said earlier, uh, lots of crimson, red, burnt orange. Yeah. Things that feel kind of bloody and messy and western. It, I think it often adds to the scenes where there is a lot of fury and rage when death comes out in his anger. Yeah. But it's not actually too often. Other than the vast desert scapes and the setting sun, that's when it naturally comes out really well. Well, I was just going to say in chapter 2, yeah. there's the scene with between the two uh, native bodyguards. Do they have names yet at this point? I don't think they have names yet at this point. Okay. So I will refrain from saying anything. Yeah. We get our guy just carrying a buffalo on his shoulders. Just chill. I caught a buffalo, I'm gonna bring it back myself. But then we get this contrast of blue. It's yes. nighttime. Yeah and like the strong like this whole page is almost blue. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I love I love the colors in this book. Mm-hmm. And they're casually talking about how close their compatriot is. He's like, How much longer? And he's close now. He just rides up very casual like. Did oh, you have any I, then they, what's that did you have any problem reading anything in this book did you feel like everything was pretty legible yeah I did in terms of like word bubbling and actual lettering yeah where the word bubbles are who's talking uh, the style of lettering I've I, I've naturally struggled in comics with who's saying what when you have a lot of word bubbles or perhaps a thin lined yeah, if there's one hairline yeah, attaching it to a character, and you're right. like, "Cool," and it goes over the character to go around, you know, on this side. But I don't think I've seen that at all in this one. It's usually pretty concise. Yeah. Then they introduce you to Armistice, which they go in depth about. It's basically the it is the collection, not the collection. It's the hub. Hub. Yeah. The home. It, it's the. The home of which all of the leaders of the nation meet together to discuss anything political. Yep. So there is some political intrigue in this story. And then only in in chapter two. So it's going to be a pretty prominent thing in the series. And they all hate each other. It's so prominent that nobody likes anybody in Mm. this world. So even having any companionship is rare. Mm. And Death has two of them. Yeah. Not to mention his loved one, which you learn soon oh, in this think, volume. I didn't think of that. Nobody is for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Everybody is for themselves. Even Death. Nonetheless, he's gained, you know, favor with his allies that he has with them. Yeah. It's just so much, like, Western Lone Ranger, you know, avenge, vengeance. It's not about friends. It's about commitment and blood. It is about commitment and blood. It's a really good way to put it. I uh, is brothers and sisters, mm. this is about commitment and blood. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I see that. I totally missed that. Uh, At the very end of all that is. And all their eyes glow light. With a light. symbol, which we don't see on the cover of the story, but we do see between chapters. It's a very recurring it shows symbol. Up. It's basically an upside-down Triforce. Yeah. It's a common recurring symbol. I think it simply represents the message itself. Mm-hmm. And this character who is speaking about commitment and blood, I believe their name is Ezra, and they basically grown up and dedicated their whole life to the message, right? Which is the fate of how all things should be, and you know it's very ambiguously worded. You get actually scripts of the message later, mm-hmm. and it's like super ambiguous. the The white flower, you know, blossoms in the darkest of withering boons, and you're like. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, yeah, you have to suspend a little disbelief to get yeah, to this one. I, I made that up, but nonetheless, you know, there's those types of references of the message and how it's ambiguously strewn around this apocalyptic world they're in. Mm. Supposedly, it's supposed to tell the future of all time. Mm. So people follow it dedicatingly and relate everything to the message. And they're like, oh, my God, the prophecy so the message is, is ongo- spoken. So the message is ongoing? Yes, oh, I, I believe so. Okay. I don't know if it dictates an end, though. Okay. And then of course we get now instead of the white tower contrast this is a common theme here in uh, east of west and we get the black towers there's four of them which is yet another homage to four pillars. Oh yeah. That may be symbolism of some I don't sort. remember what's in this building. It looks like Colonel Sanders. Oh yeah. Our guy that we saw from the past who's still alive. Yes. I don't know if it was like his grandpa or something. Maybe, maybe it's... I thought it would have been like 200 years ago. Well, you know what, though? The president was in that. Oh, no, 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 no. That was talking about... Hold on, hold on. Speaking of the message... Oh, yeah. Have you heard the good word, son? Have you actually heard the message? So, some ominous call out to this message... I don't think I've ever read the message. Well, here's dead. a bit of it right, right, Colonel Sanders gives him. It's not actually Colonel Sanders, but he looks like him. I forget his name. Uh, of the third, but not of the three, a lotus, the death and resurrection of love, a cup of a cup, a chalice of a chalice. Ooh, ooh, and ooh. that is said a lot. I remember reading that quite a few times in this story. Oh, really? A cup of a cup, a yeah. chalice of a chalice. And here we're in the, the Mao dynasty where you have um uh death's love interest i forget her name lady Mao, i believe is what she's referred to for the most part yeah and so more or less i would imagine she is the lotus to most people Mm. and then the death and resurrection of love is simply death himself and their unsavory relationship so the message is about death Yeah, Almost. Mm. You know what? That might be recurring if the message itself is Death's story. Yeah, I might actually take that into context when reading the future issues. That'd be really cool. You are speaking with far more knowledge than I. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Um, But apparently Colonel Sanders tells Death his wife's alive. So, that's cool. Looks like Death's mission might be a little sidetracked because he didn't think she was alive until this point. Right, because originally his goal was to his son but we don't even know that two chapters in we don't know. death is looking for something and he keeps asking people and killing people but we don't know what he's actually looking for oh wow uh spoilers awkward uh, but I think we find that out in this mm-hmm. I think it's how the it ends that, yeah, that's probably why I keep calling back to it ooh who is the woman the one who conquered death it'd be the love of death yeah and then they give you a beautiful introduction to this um uh, lady Mao yep Chapter three is a backstory of that. It's not even a backstory. This is current? With the story? Pretty sure. Oh. You're simply in New Shanghai now. She's returned after 10 long years. The House of Mao is the ruling nation Shaolian, I believe, is the character's name. X-I-A-O-L-I-A-T. Sha- X- oh. Wow, man. we're we're butchering that. I'll tell you. Sha- yeah, so she's Sha- referred to as Lady Mao because you know of her. She's she's of royalty. Lady, yeah, she's of, of the House of Mao. Exactly. Oh man, I remember this. Yeah, and she's sisters. like this fierce ass, ind- strong ass, independent woman of in charge of war and galore and uh yeah she's ruthless and her sister was sent to assassinate her because she was with child she laughed longer than you will (laughs) yeah it's pretty good oh and we get to that quote that i read earlier uh once we hit volume or issue three you cannot trust your eyes as you look at the world what good are they i can give you something better and then we're in Junction. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's where the, the saloon slash bar was. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So we're giving an, to... an actual name. And who walks into the saloon but these three mysterious characters that are appearing as adolescents? Not so mysterious anymore. We at least know who they are. Yeah. I guess, do they call each other by name yet? I don't think they have at this that's what the thing He that's says, really oh, I'm ancient. Older than the world. Mm. So I will have one manly man drink? <laughs> Still, I like kids in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they talk to the eyeball that's behind the mm-hmm. eye patch, and it squeezes out of the bartender's eye to tell them everything they want to know about the uh, previous visitor in the saloon. Little things like that with a sentient eyeball. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and then we just see how Western this is because the barkeep instantly sells out death and says, Oh, you just found what you're looking for. As he pulls a lever and shows these three, what appear to be evil people, what they're looking for. Do you think that they're evil? I'm, I'm not getting good vibes. Hmm. I'm not getting good vibes. Do you get bad vibes? I do get bad vibes from them. Is it the fact that one of them's face is a skull? No, it's the fact that when they they are introduced in the story, they came from nothing. They read some bones, and then they stacked up a bunch of bodies into the shape of the Triforce, upside-down Triforce-looking thing, in what looks like a ritual of sorts. These are Um, all the points. And a lot of them are screaming, because they're still alive. Ah! (laughs) <laughs> so I don't think they're good. <laughs> okay, all right, just thought I'd ask. Maybe I mean maybe some sacrifices have to be made, and they're doing it for the good of the people. But that's true. I'm not getting friendly vibes from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then for some, they're able to get a map out of the sky about the next destination. Mm-hmm. New Shanghai. We've talked about the dialogue here, right? That it's. Mm-hmm. A little a little quirky, humorous, but also very serious. Mm. Yeah, and then I think the next page is a great summary of uh, his character and kind of like how his friends understand him. Because it talks about, let's see... I can't fathom the reasoning behind it. Why death would chase the living and they all reach him soon enough. Yes, there's a prophecy, but he ain't no agent for others. I'm tying back again to how individual everybody in this world is. Yeah. Uh, makes you wonder what he's all about, though, doesn't it, right? And his white-clad Indian friend, uh, Native American friend, no, I don't wonder, I know. It's love. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If only you were so simple. Yeah, and they It looks like they're. It looks like they're actually back on their way to the house of Mao. Just seeing how, like, you got the Golden Gate Bridge, but it's got some Asian flair to it. Yeah, they look like pergolas, right? Which is like little things like that are super cool. Yeah, and then we have the head premier Mao. Yes, we with do his, with his daughters before him. Yeah, scene change. Oh, and look at this, another use of onomatopoeia to encase a panel. Yeah, there's definitely some rivalry. Yeah, I, that's just such a recurring theme, rivalry, vengeance, Lone Star, um, all my family was destroyed, you're the only one left. So honestly, with that idea, death is the only one that has like a trusting love in this world. Yeah, so far we haven't seen anyone else who's actually happy to be around more than one person. <laughs> Not Batman. <laughs> Darkness. No parents. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But even so, you're given a little bit of the power of the House of Mal in this scene with how he treats his own daughters and then as someone is sent off on a mission to... To appeal to death is out of this yeah just ask for reason and not madness yeah 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 and he's like yeah whatever you want master and he bolts off past what looks like maybe 20000s 20, and th- 20000 yeah. soldiers all so there well ready to go behind a giant wall so they're prepared for war with death mm-hmm. um. <laughs> the the messenger gets sent out waving a white flag and somebody just comes up run as he passes out and dies Suffice it to say, death does not yeah. show any That's grace. That is very true. Oh, and this is a sim- not quite the scene I was looking for, where you have death riding his mighty steed, whatever you want to call it, with its strangely like intimidating void mm-hmm. of the barrel. Yeah, where does that mouth go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's a volcano. But it's funny actually looking at it again, it's almost as if it's an ant. Yeah, that's what I... I, It's like a mechanical ant horse. Yeah, a mechanical ant horse with laser face. But still on four legs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is the end of Chapter 3. Yeah, Chapter 4 opens where Chapter 3 left off with death at the gates of the Mao house. Oh, this is beautiful. It's just... It's another emphasis on how important this relationship is in this arc as you move forward. Hit, uh, the House of Mal father, Mal the Fifth, I believe, what they were referenced as in the previous page. Tell me, little flower, was it worth it? And there's just a simple image, just muted in color, which really shows like how the memory and shows the negative and shows to the death negative. where it's black instead of white. Yeah, I wonder. I don't think I ever thought about this. He probably used to be black. Oh, sure. Since the horsemen are reborn throughout the series or throughout time somehow. Well, now he's white. I don't know if he's died yet. Hmm. Something happened. Right. I don't even know. Right. He lost his... Because even in the er- earlier pages, when he was all black clad with the five leaders of the other nations... Yeah. He Before his child was taken. Yeah. So maybe the loss took mm-hmm. away his color, which would then be like his life. The color Whoa, represents his life being... Deep. Yeah. Yeah. So then this, uh, this woman... <clears throat> was it worth it? Oh, I think this is where we get to one of my favorite character introductions. I'm just gonna go. Through. Oh no, that's yeah, very we, violent. We get some massacres. We get a lot of death. Well, basically, death is at the house of the kingdom of Mao's doorstep, we go for his beloved wife. And, and we actually get to see. Hey, that's what it yeah, is. We yep, get to yep. see the cannon off the front of his horse and actually used and it is after all a plasma cannon of some sort yeah super powerful there's a a, oh and it's like a bucking bronco with the way he's holding the antenna of his horse And his legs are flying before him as he's trying to brace with all his might with this intense red plasma beam of some kind yeah and then you see the next page you know just everybody just like fucking dead bring thunder bring fury yeah, it kind of makes him gives him his own path. And here's something we haven't seen yet in the whole series in issue four uh-huh. is these tiny one-inch square sequences oh, broken sure. down by some some longer panels of, of um, non-action. Yeah. So the action is super quick. I think that helps with the pacing of the story where it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're like, literally each square, you just have to keep going. Sure. And read it. Left, right, I have right. noticed that a little bit where even when i'm reading any comic if you if you're able to do it well in terms of pacing like you had mentioned a little bit before in terms of the pace of the story small and quick successive blocks is just so fast paced this works so well in combat you know whereas when you have larger blocks it really emphasizes the this the slow passage of time in this important or just like bam there are 18 panels on this page four of which have text Mm. and the four with text are well only one of the four with text is uh the same size but three of them are actually the biggest panels on the page that's true yeah and it's all it's all when these connect like like it's it is still all one scene it's the same image but it's broken down into micro images which yeah. adds just a, a whole nother amount it, of uh, it forces you to like focus yeah. on each moment of the scene you know there's a desolated ant horse which leads to the broken decapitated face of an individual showing his partner standing by shooting at death himself shooting back who ended up being the person that decapitated yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then you get a beautiful display of his allies' power. Not behind the bar scene, like earlier. Yeah, where we haven't actually seen how they kill people yet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but she transforms. She does. Into a cloud of ravens. She sure does. Of and course. then, our beautiful white knight, Native American. Oh, a pack of wolves. Mm-hmm. Come on! That's yeah. so good. He whips his cloak around himself, and disappears, and emerges a pack of wolves, ravenous and hungry for some Mauian flesh. Yeah, I love the flavor of all their abilities. Yeah. So they now, know? yeah, now we actually get to see that they have abilities. They're not yeah. just—they're not just like snapping necks. And with the House of Mau, they have these red, like exoskeleton—not exoskeleton, exosuits, mm-hmm. uh, super suits that can definitely be pertinent to, you know, how powerful they are as an army of soldiers and all that jazz. Yeah, so quite a a few pages of red battle scenes, blood. Yep. Here's another one. That's enough of the, like, a lot of the violence and everything. Oh, man. So this whole time... Did you see the scene before that? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just grotesque. It's the it's the dispute between sisters at the House of Mao. As death is coming on the door, they're put to a place where their father, the leader of the house of Mao, is on his knees, almost pleading in a sense. One is almost happy with the situation their husband has returned, whereas the other is, you know, in defiance, like, Oh my god, how could this possibly happen? I must defend myself. And that creates a rift between the two sisters where they just go at it. And they're, I think, really uh, really, what's the word, celebrates, in a way, the power of Xiaolin, the the Lady Mao, death's lover. And it shows a very brutal, very brutal death. What? Yeah. And nonetheless, it goes on to uh, Lady Mao claiming the throne herself. She had overtaken her sister and thus overtaken her father. And this is actually the third time in this volume where you get the word in onomatopoeia. Chunk! C as a panel, h as a panel, U-N-K, exclamation point. And it's the cavitation of the father Mao, His blood trickles down the staircase. It's just, oh, it's such a good moment. Because you can see him even accept his fate. And I was saying, the onomatopoeia is the third time we have seen it. Look at that scene. Yeah. It's the, it's the moment that she claims the throne and the leadership in the, in the house of Mao. Yeah. All, so that was a huge moment. Yes. The first one was the president being taken care of, which was a huge oh, moment because he was taking out. Was the other one, the death of a leader. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have to hold on now. It might have been. Because then it would have been the president, the Mao leader, and who was the other guy? I don't remember who the right one was. Mm-hmm. Man, that's so interesting. Okay, so here's the first one. President gets shot. He's out. You did say three, right? Yeah, that is the third one, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm back to the president now, so I, yeah, I must have overlooked if I accident. Still, after after that very very important scene, finally you have uh, it's the elimination it? of the Golden Gate Bridge, which oh. connects nations across an ocean. Yeah, very big events very big events that's beautiful for didn't, pull, to, that. To, to, we didn't pull that out until right now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well just the fact that it was this guy when we mentioned that it was the president who had the other automata panels yeah yeah and finally she claims the throne she yells on your knees into the mic and finally everybody of course except death kneels oh and the emotion in this one panel yeah is just so intense especially she's, with all the like, moments before this you kind realize, of happy to see him not happy to see him i think <laughs> she's happy but just so much death and sadness led to this point they've been far apart for who knows how long we have she's had to murder much. several of her family members yeah. yeah 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 that's very true and they just have this total it looks like a look of recognition mm-hmm. you know And it turns out this was all televised. Oh, Colonel Sanders is having an orgy at his pad, his bachelor pad, uh, with Mao's head on a screen. I wonder if, hmm, I wonder well, if he simply had surveillance or something. I don't know. Yeah, and our three ominous figures are talking to them. Well, either way. Okay. Well, and not, they suggest oh, that death has betrayed them. Oh, our three horsemen? Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I, in their eyes, he has. He's gone against the message. Well, I guess he's gone against the Apocalypse, which I think was their original sworn oath. I don't remember how precedent the message is versus their own prophecy. At the end of that conversation, is great. Mm -hmm. All I fear is one thing, and it's the same thing you do. Death. So, even though they say he betrayed them, and they're looking for him, Mm -hmm. they're also afraid. Yeah. Uh, Double meaning there. Yeah. Everyone's afraid of death, in a sense. Right. Or at least, the idea of accepting it. Hmm. Damn. And scene. And scene, yeah. Finally, you have death reunite with her lover. Oh, and... Is it This is it. Alright, last of the volume, we finally introduced to honestly one of my favorite dynamic arcs. hmm Having read a little bit further than this one. Um, it's the introduction of Death's Sun. Hmm. It's not quite at the very beginning. Sure. But it We def- get a little bit of a quiet moment of the aftermath. Yeah flashback to when well, death was before, still black in before color. Before we even get to the five, it's the very last scene. He's speaking with an ominous figure, and our Ulysses character, it says that he's frequents this established as often as possible. He loves the zoo. Oh. Sure. Something living on display. Mm. And later you learn. Spoilers. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Oh, yeah. Here, this is the conversation even. So, you have them looking into the zoo, and Death and um, Shaolin have to have their own little makeup. Like, where were you? Like, oh, our child. And then they make up a little bit. And like, you need to get our fucking son back. And they're like, oh, our son's alive. I'm going to go get him. And, uh, from there, then you get this such a, like, intense splash Mm -hmm. of what they say is the beast of the apocalypse. Yeah. And it's just, like... White skin, much like what you would think would be his, quote, father. Yeah, you have to take this all in. He has tubes running into his gut. He's got tubes running into his legs. He's basically cemented to the ground. His hands are stuck to the ground. His eyes are fed through tubes. His entire life yep. is like, and he's wearing a helmet a, which looks like a VR. simulation of some kind. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of Ronan mm-hmm. uh, by Frank Miller. Oh sure. Yep. So, so there's like a lot of that sci-fi. What's real? Kind mm-hmm. of question. Heavy uh, cyborg machinery yep. in a sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so finally they show you what Ulysses is looking at and referring to this thing as a, a beast in a zoo. Like they have no respect for him, but they talk about it in fear and they go give you a cute little example of like what he learns, you know? And in the moment Yeah, he's being educated in this. simulation. Please recite your favorite piece of prose. Yeah. And uh the death sun begins to speak which honestly I feel is a beautiful quote. He spun against the axis of the world, his desire, his inertia. Unless held up by an unseen hand, he would spin forever. And so he did. Interesting, who wrote that? Oh, I did. The child. He's quite intellect intellectual, you know? He's very capable of writing and being aware and asking questions. He's a curious individual. Which is such an interesting take on someone who's been like in prison, almost for the first part of their adolescent life. Mm-hmm. But reality like isn't even a reality to Yeah, and more or less a couple of few things come about about the beast being a. Whoa, huge... whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not forget the fact that the uh, computer simulation asks, "How do you feel?" With a pause, the beast answers, "I don't know what that means." He's <laughs> <ease> a computer. <laughs> He yeah, doesn't even know what feelings he has, are. He doesn't know how to it how to name emotion. Sure. Or For what sure. emotion is. No introspection. Yeah, mm-hmm. again, our Ulysses character is talking about the great beast. Something like that. Yeah, Ulysses views everything as a game, but this mysterious big guy doesn't say it's a game at all. Mm-hmm. The whole world is at stake. Well, if it's referring to the message, the message is tied into the three horsemen of the ap- apocalypse, the end of the world. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to think about that. You know, was it. I don't know if it was this story or a different story that had like two apocalypses. Oh, wow. You know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Ray, a rat, R A D. It's that one weird. Arcade-like game where you have mutated top-down view.
1: Oh yeah, that's supposed
0: to be the Second Apocalypse, and you got a super like zombies in neighbor vibe. Yeah, with these He's retro. You can get like a, a, a mutant arm upgrade. Yeah, and like swinging around. Yeah, and you collect <laughs> floppy disks See? while you shoot mo- mutated monsters, spreading yeah. radioactive greenery. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. She, he uh Death just refers to her as Xiao or Zhao. So I'll probably just end up using that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, nonetheless we're probably near the end of it where we get a uh a beautiful end to an introduction, I'd say. Whoa. Where oh what's up? Sorry. No, you're good. Please continue. I was just gonna say, um well I guess I'm referring to the later panels. What did you see? Um, that Shao's tasking Death to find their son, and if he fails, she said there's nowhere on earth he could hide that she won't oh. find him. Oh, yeah. So she doesn't love him as much anymore. <laughs> it's not, it's, I don't think she it's She wants that. her kid, not Death. I don't think it's that necessarily. It's just that, like, they have fought through so much. I don't know how I could figure you if this were to fail once more. Sure. Almost that. Heartbreak another time in its yeah. entirety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then you get uh, all accounts, accounts will be settled, shall, uh, Zhao. I don't know how to say that. I'll save them. And after that, I'm coming back here for you. And then, God help anyone who he tries to get in my way. And our hero rides off into a classic Western sunset. And you have him riding his ant horse, the wolves, yeah. uh, reminiscent of his clad white Native American friend, and the crows of his clad black native american mm-hmm. other friend sure yeah her skin is black and his skin was once black mm-hmm. i do know oh so well then say no more i don't, uh, I, don't uh, want, I don't want to know yeah I'll find out in reading overall wow love this what story. a great yeah, story right. i love, love the lettering i love the colors i love the plot uh, four Horsemen is a common enough of a story where people recognize it, but it's just such got, it's got such a good twist. One of the Four Horsemen portrayed them for love. It's like you said. It's a great word. I'll say it again. It's an opera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's epic. Yeah. It's epic. For sure. And it can read in one sitting easily. You'll chuckle a few times. You'll grimace at the violence and mm-hmm. some of the gross panels that you get to see. Yeah. It gets really read. violent. Really violent. It's not. I wouldn't recommend it for anyone under 16. It's more PG-13 though because they don't like swear too much. I don't recall. Like straight up cussing. That's, you know what? I can't recall a bunch of cussing myself but I don't want to go on record saying that. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Well, 45 issues I think. 5 issues per volume. 9 volumes. I've read through 5 currently. I'm really excited to get the rest of them. A good a good story by um, Hickman, Dragota. Dragada. Do you know how to say that? I would say got to by the next one. Is it because it's two T's? <laughs> yeah. What is one T? Drigoda. Yeah. Dragota. Dragota town. Um, that I guess is the conclusion of our read through more than anything of our East of West. One of my favorite stories thus far. Um, this would be the point where I cut to a segment where there's any comments, concerns, additions, or deletions from the community, any other stories you have read that are similar, or if you've read this yourself, what do you like about it? Have you read more than we have? etc.? cetera. And did we miss something really important? S- right, yeah, exactly. So we're going to hope to discuss uh, what games we're playing, because we are simply doing this for fun, and we can do whatever the fuck we want. So. And some of us are poorer than others. Wow. <laughs> I love you. Well, that's good that money doesn't buy my love from you. I think that's a poor way to live. <laughs> I agree. It sounds terrible. At least you're not in that situation where you have to literally buy love with rescuing your son from an unknown enemy who's probably as powerful as you. Thank you, beautiful people, for listening to our tasty podcast. Uh we do hope to get two more episodes coming up in the following month. We'll be kind of doing an alternating basis of comic and then game and see whatever segments come up. So right now we're, we're planning on talking over Lucas Stand about a military vet recruited by Lucifer. That'll be interesting. And then there's also a indie platformer that I am excited to talk about later called Sheepo, released kind of recently this year, 2021. And we'll get those out to you as soon as we can. My name is Alex. Scotty. Bye.